Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is a brand new Flyers Daily for Monday, the 26th of February. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Uh, and Bill Meltzer joins us from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. And Bill, here's where I want to start. Um, clearly, clearly, one all one-goal games are not created equal. <laughs> <laughs> that's putting it mildly yes <laughs> i mean what a, a a dichotomy of one goal yeah. hockey games we saw this weekend saturday it's a 2-1 loss against the rangers and then sunday it's a 7-6 loss against the penguins yeah. the only thing that's consistent about it is the flyers didn't get any standings points yeah uh, flyers got a not, not total help but they got they got a little bit help a little bit of help from some of the out of town score, but, but listen, you know, you have to, uh, have to take care of your own business. You know, the, uh, I, I was relatively happy with the, with the game against the Rangers. The second period was, was a little, a little rough, uh, more than a little, actually portions of it, but it, you know, the Flyers were the better team for about two thirds of that game. Um, just really couldn't, Get to Shesterkin a couple times. I think they could have used a little more traffic in front of them, but they had some rebound opportunities, some some open shots that they they just couldn't bury. But they, I think they had enough chances. They just they just couldn't get that second goal, or you know, or or like the Rangers had a one extra bounce. But on, on the whole, you know, you're playing you're playing without Konechny. Um, I thought up and down the lineup, there are there are a lot of gutty performances. They they played well on the whole. Um, on, on Sunday was an odd game because you had some guys who really stepped up big. Yeah. Uh, starting with Scott Lawton, who who's now on a career best point streak. Um, you know, he kind of assembled it quietly at first, but uh, the, the last few games he he's very much been a been been a critical part of it. And I thought I thought Sunday was one of his best games in a long, long time. He was a he was a major impact player in that game. Um, you know, Forster gets you two goals, Sandheim. Scores you a couple. Um, Couturier, who'd been who'd really been fighting it for about six weeks, generated a couple of nice assists today. Um, so you know, there were guys who really stepped up. I thought there were a number of guys who really had pretty poor games. Yeah, and know, one for, of the one of those guys has got to be Atkinson, right, Bill? I mean, he's really yeah. fighting it right now. Atkinson is really fighting it. Um, you know, I, I like Frost's game against the Rangers. I really did not like his game against the Penguins at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Frost was, was benched essentially in the third period and, and it was deserved. He didn't play well. Um, you know, you, you need, you can't really have anybody, you know, who's not, who's not, you know, who's a passenger on a given night. And, and, and you know, like you gotta, gotta keep your feet moving in, in Frost's case. It was a game every time he got the puck, he was getting jammed because he, he was, he was a little bit too stationary. So he'd, he'd get the puck in a second, he'd lose it right away. You know, that, that's one of those guys that you need contributing. Um, you know, Faraby has had breakaways in back-to-back games. Um, you know, he, Joel has to start scoring again soon. So you, you had guys that, that you really you figure you're going to beat the Penguins. You need as contributors, and you had enough, you had enough guys stepping up that every time you'd fall behind, they would find ways. You know, talk about a find-away league, right? Um, far as find ways to pull. I, I had no when the game got to four to four, Jason. Like how was it four to four? How is this four to four? Yeah. Eric Carlson's yeah. how, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I thought he helped. sucked out loud, by the way. Yeah, that that helped. You know, the, the, the Penguins had that too. They uh, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty bad game from Malkin, for example. 
Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, you know, but a little too much Sidney Crosby, more than a little too much. You know, the yeah. Flyers are still having that problem with containing other teams' superstars. Yeah. Um, it just such a good job of it on Saturday. It was odd because, you know, you yeah. hope Panarin, I don't somebody, some people tweeted me, like, did Kreider even play? You know, yeah. like he was a non-factor. I thought Panarin made a couple of decent plays in the game, but was really inconsequential in the Ranger game. And obviously Zibanejad, who's been a flyer killer in the last couple of years, was real quiet yeah. as well. Um, but Shesterkin was the star you couldn't corral. Yeah. You know, Bill, on Saturday's game, you know, I did on yesterday's episode, I, I know a lot of times the term gets thrown around, you know, the team played really hard. They outplayed the point. They deserved a better fate. Yeah. Well, I agree that they outplayed the New York Rangers. I thought the critical mistake was the lack of traffic around Shesterkin. Yeah. So I wasn't willing to buy into that. Hey, they deserved a better fate on that because that's something that's not a bounce of the puck. That that's just kind of a will to really disrupt the goalie. I didn't think they, I didn't think they did that. And that was to their detriment. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a few cases, you know, Shesterkin, you guys not leave fat rebounds too often, right? They had one, I think, early in the third period with a, with a uh, it was before the Flyers had that several shifts in a row that, yeah. that ultimately built up to Forster's goal. Um, they had a, a pretty fat rebound right in the slot. I think we went to Atkinson. Uh, Tippett shot it. I think it rebounded right to Atkinson, and he just he kind of just didn't handle it, just, just kind of bounced away from him. You know, you have an opportunity like that. They had one, um, I think, well, we talked about the Fabi breakaway earlier. That, that yeah. was it. They had a, they had a, they had a 2 on 0 that they didn't finish. Well, they, they, had, they, didn't, they didn't execute it right. They didn't execute <laughs> it right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, has got to shade yeah. a little bit to the side so Lawton can become an option on an angle. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that you know, you, I mean, you see that you see that all the time, and it was you know, just, just poor execution. You, you, at the very least, you want to start and just have to rob somebody, or, yeah. or you shoot for a rebound, and you have the trailer to, to uh, come in and, and grab the second shot opportunity. You know, um, they had uh, they had frost inside the inside the hash mark at the bottom of the circle, yep. prime shooting range. He misses the net, and then in the, the waiting seconds, Couturier. Yeah. Puts it off the posts and and across, you know, the front of the goal line, but but not in. I mean, they they had the looks, they had the chances, you know. At some point, it's part of deserving. You had to finish those too, you know. Yeah. The chance the chances are great, but you had to score. Yeah, I, I know Couturier was incredibly frustrated at the end of that game with that opportunity. That's a tough one because he's on the backhand. It's bang bang. I, I see that hit off the post, and I go 98, 98 out of a hundred times. It's off the goalie and goes in after that. Yeah. 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 It, but somehow it avoided Shesterkin as well. They did hit five posts in the game, but um, look, when you only score one goal, it's going to be hard to win games in the NHL. Yeah. Give up two, you should win. But uh, on that occasion, they didn't. I think two things can be true, Bill. I said this on the radio broadcast yesterday during the Penguins game, that you can look at this weekend as two things. Like all the kids now, they say two things can be true. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And it's this, that they missed an opportunity at standings points this weekend, but it didn't it didn't really hurt them because the devils ended up not gaining anything either. Yeah. Well, they, the devils, devils won one and they, they, they lost one, but they, they lost the other day when the flyers won. So, yep. you know, so they're, All things they're are inching, easy. they're inching rather than, than gaining a lot of ground. I'm still not honestly worried about the penguins. No. Um, you know, I, 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 and they're about, they're about to travel out for a Pacific coast trip and the fact they have all those games in hand, they kept get mentioning on the broadcast. Yeah, you know what that actually means. It's a, a lot of four and sixes, a lot of back to backs, right? 
the, the Penguins is the oldest team in the NHL. They're they're about to get slammed on their schedule, and they're going to not have Gensel for it either. Yeah. So uh, I I'm, I'm not too worried about the Penguins making a push. Um, you know, I I am a little concerned about the all the injuries that are piling up on the Flyers. However, yeah. Um, bef- before we get to that and the Drysdale yeah. injury and some of the other things they've been dealing with, um, can can you? You're a smart guy. You're a smart hockey guy. Can you explain to me why the Penguins acquire Eric Carlson at three more years at $10 million? I mean, I, Bill, I, I've seen some hideous defenders in the game. Yeah. That, when that puck came on their side of the red line, I've never seen a guy that disinterested, other than yeah. maybe Eric Gustafson. <laughs> I mean, Bill, Scott Lawton skates right by him yeah. for the shorthanded yeah. goal. That, Tyson Force, I, I, first I, goal. I, he just stands yeah. there. And this is a you know on the whole this Penguins team you wouldn't know you wouldn't know from Sunday's game, but this yeah. year the Penguins have played a lot of low scoring games. They're probably yeah. they haven't been able to score. Um, but you, I mean you on a team that already has Latang, you don't you didn't really need Eric Carlson. That that wasn't you know <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the real issue with the team. They're the you know they're an old team that continued to get older. Once again, they and expensive. You know, <laughs> yeah, and expensive. Uh, that that's it too. They have you know, and and now they have. I, I don't know. I mean, I, for several years we we're talking about the Bills going to come do the Penguins. Well, it came due last year, and it came overdue this year. And and instead of instead of doing what they needed to, what they need to do and start a rebuild because they they have no farm system. No. All their all of their key players and they're a top heavy lineup. All their key players are aging. The only guy who's really still in what you call prime age, you know, is Gensel. Yeah. So and, and Gensel, you know, Gensel's unrestricted after the two, and they have to move him. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So the, the well, thing about know, the, but, the Penguins too is, you know, they they have the what do they call it? The confluence there in Pittsburgh, the three rivers, yeah. right? The Monongahela, the whole thing, right? Uh, they've got a fourth river. It's called denial. Because <laughs> yeah. they took a credit card payment with seventeen percent interest and compounded it to fifty percent interest. Yes, they for, sure did. I thought it was a really horrific decision, but anyway, um, this isn't a Penguins podcast, but it is. It's going to be nice to watch it circle the drain for a while, provided that is what happens. Um, one last thing on the Penguins: Sidney Crosby makes it really hard to hate him as a hockey player. Yeah. I mean, 87 games against the Flyers, Bill, now 130 points. He's got a, a five-point game, five game yesterday, the seventh of his career, five-point-plus game in his career. Not against Flyers, but, I mean, obviously he's done the most damage against them. Um, but anyway, I'll move on past it. Let's get to the injury, Drysdale. And when he goes down the tunnel right away, Bill, I'll go, okay, it's not head. That is clearly shoulder, and you see him in the replays grab yeah. the same shoulder that he had surgically repaired. Born Labrum, yeah. Yeah. This could be really, you know, catastrophic for the Flyers. I mean, he was kind of found money because you didn't trade a rostered player to acquire him. But it also puts you in a situation at the deadline a little bit differently with, you know, having an extra right-handed guy, right-shot guy. Now, does it complicate the deadline? I I mean, honestly, I think the Flyers still need to do what they need to do. It it complicates the, you know, complicates the chances of, Doing what you need to do and still having enough there to, you know, to realistically continue to make a playoff push, even if you are trading some pieces off. But I think you still have to keep the eye, the eye where, you know, eye, eye in the big picture. And we, and we still don't, you know, and we still don't know some some of these other injuries and how these how these are going to play. I will get to those 
in a second, I assume. But um, no, I think I think you still have to do what you need to do. It it just uh, it does complicate things in terms of continuing to try to make some kind of a push with Ristolainen lining out for an extended period of time. Um, Drysdale did not look good. Did not look good. Did, did not look like a day to day kind of thing. It, it looked like something Looks significant. A real big yeah. issue. By yeah. the way, off. And then obviously, Konechny's the other one who missed back to back games this weekend. And he's that, you know, stir that stirs the drink or whatever you say, the straw that stirs the drink. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that this shouldn't really change anything. Bill, do you ever remember a team? That's in playoff position, selling off a third of their defense, a pairing, because Elliot reported on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada that a couple of teams are interested in Sealer and Walker. And I, I I hear that and I go, oh, that's interesting. They've been the Flyers' most consistent and best pair this year. But I don't ever recall a team selling off in playoff position, a pairing. And I don't recall many teams being able to acquire a pairing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would assume in that kind of a scenario, um, you'll get nice assets back, obviously, in return to. You might have to take a piece or two back in a, a contract that the other, the other team wants to unload, and you're accepting the contract to increase the return. I, yeah. I would think that that would be the, pretty much the only way it could work because a lot of teams, I mean, cap the cap will go up next year, but you know, most of the contending teams are in long-term, you know, long-term injured reserve allowance, or they're right up against the cap. And being able to you now, now, now I guess I guess part of what makes um, Sealer this this season at least attractive is that he's making nothing. Yeah, right. Eight hundred. Um, yeah. yeah, and and at this you point, know, it's prorated. It's peanuts on the dollar. Yeah, and so so they can probably cap wise swing doing something along you know uh, along those lines. But I know I never I never recall a team in playoff position trading one third, third of, their of their, yeah a third yeah. of their decor. I mean, it's it's never it's almost bananas. And the thing about it too, Bill, is, you know, with the relief they get on the Carter Hart contract and that they can move Ryan Ellis to LTIR, Danny Briere has a real weapon, and that is cap space. And he can really, uh, he can retain on Walker. It's the final year of his deal. He's got a retention slot that he can use. And like you said, Sealer's not making a lot of money and they can take on a bad contract, whether it's expiring or has a year beyond this as well. Um, because of the cap situation that all of a sudden looks pretty healthy here. No, for sure. Uh, you know, so much comes down to trading from strength, having leverage, right? And the Flyers actually uh, actually have leverage. I mean, it's the first Multiple time in Multiple levers of leverage. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and so they can, they can get a little bit creative if they have to. Um, so uh, it, it sets them up well. At this deadline, and also heading into the off season too, so you know it, it's it is still it's still a big picture scenario. And one thing that that uh, you know, I, I'm, when I'm looking at the team right now, um, even if you even if the the Flyers are, they're not buying, but even the Flyers are looking potentially at buying, I have a number of concerns about the stretch drive, you know, and and how far this team could go. Um, you know, one thing that you and I brought up when we did the the midseason podcast, uh, what were our well, you know, what's what's working? What are our concerns? And we both raised the concern about all the number of minutes that Sean Couture was playing in the first half of the season. Yeah, you know, too many. At, at the halfway mark of the season, Coots is averaging twenty minutes a night. 
and playing playing sometimes 23, 24 minutes, almost on a game in and game out basis. Um, they, they, you know, the last six weeks have been kind of kind of rough for Coots. Um, yeah. you know, had a, had a good game on Sunday, but we were a little bit concerned about burning the candle at both ends and what he might have left for the drive, even if he's not injured. You know, I'm hoping that he can find a second win and, and work through this. Um, I think part of the reason that his ice time has been down a little bit recently is to to take a little bit of the load off the shoulders and, and give him a chance to get that second win. But you know, I, I it, it's a it's such a such a key thing for you know your best players have to be your best players. And one thing that struck me during the during the four on four. Um, you know, where the Rangers scored their first goal, um, you know, the, the Flyers were almost almost killed off the four-minute penalty yeah. Yeah, at that point. Um, then Panarin takes a penalty. You're, so you're going to get a power play at the end of this. You're playing uh, four-on-four for 110 seconds. You know, Katori was not part of that four-on-four. No. Right? They, they went with Paling, and they went with Lawton, the C3 and the C4 for, for the, uh, you know, for that hundred, you know, whatever, hundred and ten seconds or whatever it was, um, so it, it, it did strike me, or yeah, it, it struck me a little bit that uh, you know, right now, Coots is how much Coots is actually kind of fighting it right now, and, and how critical he is of the team, because even if he's fighting a little bit, you know, that's the guy who you should still, who you really need out there in key situations. Um, I think part of the reason why the Flyers have. Um, have had problems shutting down other teams' top lines has been that Katori has just been a, a little a half step behind, a little bit off. Um, it looks like know, his I, reads are off, Bill, but I don't think it's a read is off as the body's not going where he wants it to. That's that's what I that's what I think it's been, you know. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's kind of been since the two games that he missed. I mean, by all indications, he's healthy now, but but some, something just hasn't been there. And uh, you don't worry about it for a few games, but again, it's been about been about six weeks now. Yeah. So that that concerns me. Um, you know, moving ahead, Drysdale um, had already been playing through some kind of nagging injury. Again, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, was really nice to see York score today because um, you know he was in a no contact jersey the other day. Left the game in Toronto the previous week, so he's obviously playing through something right now. Um, so just 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 having the whole having the team hold up, and obviously, you know, I think we'll, we'd all breathe a sigh of relief uh, if Konechny comes back this week and looks yeah. fine. Hopefully, it is just a day to day thing. But these are these are key key pieces right now that are going down, and the games the games aren't going to get easier. They're they're, they're going to stay tough. And they're a team that can ill afford to lose key pieces. And I, you hear me say it all the time, Bill. I don't listen to what a coach says about a player. I look at usage. Yeah. Terry played 15 minutes in that game. And, and he played about 17 minutes in the Ranger game. And you look at that, and that was an 11-7 and seven situation as well. Yeah. That tells me that the usage is down because the player's fighting his game right now. Um, and, and I think the eyes are showing that as well. Um, Bill, goaltending down the stretch. You mentioned That's, it before. Sandstrom, you know, had a really rough outing in Charlotte. Um, yeah. Obviously, the outing that Cal Peterson had is not going to cut it. it the, the two dead angle short side goals uh, are critical in this game. Yeah, there's some bounces and some tips and things like that. And those I'm willing to forgive. But the short side uh, dead angle shots, I'm not willing to forgive. No. And for that, I won't forgive. 
and I'm going to go find them. Then you know, I keep going Godfather, but um, do do they see if a Martin Jones goes on the waiver wire when Wall comes back in Toronto? Do you bring up Sandstrom? Do you stick with Calpe? What do you do here? Because you've got 15 games coming up in 30 days in March, and you can't run Arson out there 15 times. You can't do it. No, no, that 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 that's the one thing that's an absolute non-option, and and we saw it with the Phantoms at the end of last season too. The Phantoms really didn't have a second option. It was going to be, if if it wasn't going to be Sam, it you know it was going to be Nolan Mayer called up from called up from Reading. You mm-hmm. weren't going to put your season on the line with, a, with an ECHL call up. So it it was a little bit like you know, and, and they just they just kept going with Sam, kept going with Sam, kept going with Sam. And by the time you're in the final week of the season, the playoffs, it was toast. And especially, yeah. yes, you know, especially you get in the playoffs, they had a double overtime game. He was really toast for the, the final game. Um, so, you, you know, you don't want a situation you're just going to run them into the ground. Yeah, you, you need two goalies in the league, especially with such a busy stretch coming up in March. You know, it's uh, th- there's no two ways around that. I don't know, uh, Jason, what the solution is, you know, um, I wish, you know, I wish that Sandstrom were playing better right now. Yeah, um, to make himself I, an option. I, I think part of the reason why the, why the not, a, not, not just part of the reason, a major reason why the the Phantoms are looking up and trying to battle into a playoff spot. You know, they're they're in seventh place in their division, yeah, has a finish in the top six. Has been that neither goalie has been very reliable. Their their best goalie has been uh, Parker Guhagen, right, and and. Uh, you know, no, no, no offense to him. You know, he's, you know, he's actually, he's actually done a nice little job. But that, that, that's not, you know, he's not the guy you, he's not the guy they envision. Yeah. You know, going into this year, being their most consistent goalie. Neither, neither Felix nor Cal has been reliable enough. Has delivered saves when they've needed them. Has been able to, you know, maybe they'll have a good period and and make some big stops in that period. And then the next thing you know, a bad one goes. Something short side or something, something five hole that uh, you know with clear sighted. So um, that that'll you know it'll just torpedo you every. T- it, it happened, um, you know. It, it, somehow the Phantoms won on Saturday. Don't I mean I, I watched it. That was a really crazy, crazy game. And actually, uh, Lixell was know, good. Yeah, yeah. Lixell was was really good, and he was really good on Sunday too. Yeah, in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and Bobby Brink too. Those two stepped up big, and uh, Emil Andre stepped up too. Um, you know, I mean, j- just those. But you know, you're not you're not figuring coming back two times from, from two goals down the third period to, to win that in overtime. Some somehow they somehow they pulled it out. They pulled they tied in the last minute, and they won in the final 15 seconds of, of overtime. It was a pretty crazy, exciting finish. But I mean, part of part of why they had to kept cut had to keep coming back was Felix wasn't making saves. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Felix now would change things. You change things just to change them. I don't know. Just a different name on the back of the Jersey, the same result, just just a different name on the back of the Jersey. Right. Um, You know, so if a, if a Martin Jones becomes available on waivers, I think maybe, maybe you do claim I'm, I'm not in favor of trading for a goalie, expending an asset. Totally agree. But, (laughs) but, you know, uh, I'm also I'm also not in favor of just uh, saying, "Well, we're stuck and and 
watching what we watch today you know yeah <laughs> that that just that just is not gonna that's not gonna that's not gonna work in any nhl city let's be honest yeah, yeah I, I agree and I, I mean you do want to see this thing through the playoffs and maybe the weakness of the the bottom part of the division is the saving grace here uh the other thing with playing a guy i truly believe this you know deadening a player from overuse um deadening a goaltender from overuse is irreversible in my opinion, we've seen it before, whether it was Steve Mason years ago, or at one point we saw with Brian Elliott, if I recall, and we've yeah. seen it with goalies over the years that when you deaden them from overuse, there's no rec- reclaiming, getting that back for that season. It's just, yeah. it, it, it's an irreversible situation. And the other element of that is when you do deaden a goalie from overuse, the risk of injury is monumentally higher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and if you lose Sam Anderson because of overuse and an injury that's sustained as a result of that, pack it up because then you're 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 in you're in real trouble. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's the disaster scenario. Sam going down. But you're right. You're right. Overuse absolutely increases the risk of, you know, uh, of a guy who, you know, who a couple of seasons ago missed most of the season, I think, with, with groin surgery. Yep. So you you do you know you do have to be mindful of uh, that a little bit too, where you're just uh, you know, but besides besides, but it's it just honestly comes down to common sense, right? You just you just don't manage it that way. You're they will need a second goalie, but they need they need NHL caliber goaltending. It does it's it, it's not going to be the situation that it was you know when when it was Hart and Arson, where you you know every night you're going to be in there. Situation is what it is. You're just going to have to make do with the best you can, but um, you know, but the, but it, 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 there has to be something better. Whether whether it's waivers or, or whatever, whatever the case might be, there has to be something you can do here because the you know, you, with more back to backs and those kind of things coming up, you you can't you can't risk it. <laughs> they rolled the dice this weekend. You saw what happened. I don't think you can risk it again. Yeah, I think I mean Martin Jones. Not that I'm beating the drum for him, but that just seems to make there's a familiarity yeah. um, with Kim Dillabaugh and Martin Jones. Obviously, he was here. So there's a, I mean, if he were to go on waivers, I mean, I think that would make a lot of sense, but we'll see how that plays out. Uh, what, what about Kolosov to the rescue, Bill, when his season ends in the KHL? Uh, I, think, I, I don't I think, think he comes would, into the NHL, but I was going to say, I, yeah, to him. I, I, I think I think you'd like to get him some games in the, the American League, get, get yeah. used to the smaller rank. Um, get used to the language, right? Get used to the, some of the off ice stuff. Just, just get into a routine. It, it, it's to me just unfair to ask him to come right in, jump right into the NHL. Um, you know, now, you know, years ago Sergey Bobrovsky did that, but I'm not expecting Kolesov to be Sergey Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky yeah. a, was, a, was a special case. So, the, the thing with Kolesov is, I was talking to somebody about him. Um, and he's going to have to put some guardrails on his game because he's very aggressive, very yes. dramatic goaltender. Yes. You know, it takes a lot of ice. You can get away with that over there, you know. And the biggest thing he's going to learn coming to North America and and coming from the KHL, and all goalies go through this that come over. And I remember Varlamov talking about this during the lockout when he came back. He had to relearn how to play in NHL traffic because yeah. they don't put traffic around the net there. Players aren't going to get hit by a straight puck. No way, right? <laughs> So yeah. he's gonna have to learn to fight through screens, layered screens, getting and getting that's bumped all they do around the net. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over there, the way the games are called, 
basically any contact with the goalie around the net is an auto, almost on an automatic penalty. Yes, o- over here, not yeah. certainly, and certainly not certainly not the case here. That that absolutely is a pretty darn big adjustment that, that every goalie coming over has to has to get work. I have to dig up that quote from Varlamov because it's it was fascinating. He played for like four years here. And then when he came back, he was a mess right away because yeah. he got used to the KHL during the lockout and came back and was like, oh, my God, I, I got to re- redo everything again um, as I get back into playing in the NHL with the, the league resuming. Um, Bill, Michkov's season has ended. Um, he dealt with the pneumonia this year, and obviously the situation early in the season ends up with Sochi. Um, but when you look at his year, I think he averaged, what, 0.87 points per game in draft yeah. plus one. Uh, by all accounts, a very successful year. But now the calls are out there. They need to charter a jet and get them out of there. Um, I, I know that's easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. Uh, first of all, an assessment on Michkov's season. And second, is there a chance that he could be over here after one year in the Continental Hockey League? Well, let, let, let's start with this season this year. I uh, I mean, listen, he started out with, with Scott in St. Petersburg. The... Uh, had differences with the with the coach, Rottenberg. <laughs> yeah, Roman Rottenberg. Thankfully, thankfully we haven't had to mention his name in months. Yep. Uh, but his rights still belong to Ska, and he and Rottenberg still is, you know, a very major, powerful force in the KHL and and within Russian politics too. Yep. So he's, uh, you know, he's 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 a force to be reckoned with over there. So, um, getting him away from Ska to Sochi, even though. Even though Sochi was a poor team, they they played over their heads for a little while, and then reality set in. That and that, that was the thing. That was the thing with Michkov this year was that he wasn't he wasn't picking up too many gimmies. Most of his goals, he he really had to earn on his own. Yeah, um, you know, um, very very good setup guy. I, I was surprised. I probably watched about two thirds of his games, um, and then highlights of pretty much the other ones. Um, uh, you know, I always thought it was a goal scorer. He's a really clever passer with fantastic ice vision. Um, you know, so, you know, he he's really – I think he's the player that everybody's hoping he would be when the Flyers drafted him. Um, and he came – he finished one point shy of setting basically the equivalent of a rookie record in the KHL would be. And, and if you look at what company he's in, every, virtually every one of them. Yeah. Virtually every one of them went on to be has gone on to be an NHL star. Whether that's Kaprizov, Kucherov, Ovechkin. I mean, you're Ovechkin, talking about. Yeah. Yes. I mean, look, Kucherov got his hundredth point yesterday. Just hit that mark in February. Yep. Yeah. 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 Not, but but I mean, you know, what, what he's done over there is comparable, and a lot of those guys had better had better teammates around them. Yeah. So you know, I mean, there there are certainly things that that Michkov would have. With will and you know even over there will have to learn so has to get better off the puck. Yep. Um, you know he takes a lot of risks. Um, you know for a guy who takes as many risks as he does, they don't backfire too often. He usually seems to, to keep the puck. Um, I, I think certain things that he'll do at times, like uh, turning his turning his back, moving the puck up the ice towards his own net for a second. If towards his coach, that's not going to fly. Yeah, straight right. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Keep 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 going north. Yeah. Um. So there, there are definitely going to be adjustments to make in, in terms of some of that stuff. Um. You know, off the puck play. I mean, he, he'll make some good plays, but but there, there are times when he can get a little bit lost in the D zone. I mean, that's that's still mm. something he has to work through. 
Um, so, but but you know, he just turned 19 years old. He he is a he absolutely has superstar offensive upside, and uh, it's not hard to predict that he's going to be a pretty good impact player in the NHL, maybe a major impact player in the yeah. NHL. All, all that ability is there. In terms of bringing him over this offseason, I mean, that's uh, I, I think that 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 goes higher than our floor, right? Yeah, it's higher than I our pay grade. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what the machinations would be t- to be able to do that. Uh, it's in years ago, players would play in tournaments like the Worlds or something, and you could kind of secretly meet with them and maybe you know if you if you remember with the handler for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you remember Malkin, um, and this is after you know Malkin came over, the Soviet Union had already fallen, but there was this whole drama about him so-called re-signing with his team over there. And then he snuck out. Yeah. And he snuck out and went to Pittsburgh. But but that he didn't do that from Russia. I forget where they were at the time. But but he had to go he had to go through a third country to be able to do that. Yeah. Um you know I, I, I think with Michkov, if you do that, you have to bring other family members over. His mom, he just lost his father a year ago. Yeah. So there, there's there's a whole lot there's a whole lot in there. I mean um, you know, I, I'm going to assume that uh, he has to play out his contract over there uh, until he comes over, until the until such a time when maybe that could be negotiated or, or maybe that might otherwise change. But yeah. uh, you know, he still has he still has what four more years to go to uh, to serve. The, you know, and, and it just it tells you also how lopsided those contracts are too, because he had to he signed when he was 16. Yeah. They, they already saw he was a prodigy, so they locked him up in, in you know, a really long-term deal. Um, how does he know what he's signing, right? And all he wants to do is play hockey anyway, and it's, yeah. and it's a chance to go right and play against men at 16. You're not, you're not even thinking that that many years down the line. Yeah. So, but it's just different system. It's the way things work over there, um, you know, when the Flyers could bring him over, when that time might be. Uh, hopefully sooner than later, but but even even if you do have to wait, uh, I'm pretty confident it'll be worth the wait, however long that wait is. Yeah, the thing with him is it, obviously diminutive in stature. He's not the biggest guy. Yeah, but thanks. He scores he's, he's a heavy. lot of his goals yeah. in tight. He's because yeah. he's crafty, and you and those guys that are are small-ish like that, but thick, are a real bear to knock off a puck. It's that yeah. low center of gravity type thing. And the work that he does in tight around the net, whether it's distributing and elite vision, as as we can see, I mean, he looks like he's got all the make. I won't call him generational because I use that term very yeah. sparingly. I mean, to me, there's only been, you know, I mean, Crosby's a generational player. Ovechkin's generational. McDavid is. Um, I don't put Matthews in the generational category. I, I, I Superstar? Yes. Generational? No. Yeah, um, yeah. you got to reserve that. I, I know people want to throw that term around every year, like with multiple guys. Oh, Jack Eichel's generational. My ass, he ain't generational. Yeah, no, for sure. To to me, a generational player is a guy who changes the game, as you know. Yep. It. That that that's where the level from a superstar to a generational player goes. Yeah. Uh, Eric Lindros a generational player. Yep. Because he was, you know, he was basically a linebacker on skates, but with, had finesse too. Yeah. You know, hands I mean, of butter and yeah, uh, yeah, I, the game I mean, like Bill Berge. <laughs> All of a sudden, all of a sudden, every team was signing huge defensemen to just specifically to try to play against Lindros. The league yep. got so much bigger because he was he was at the top of the league. He he changed the way the game was played. I mean, uh, and you know, 
some of the some of the effects weren't great in terms of all the clutching and grabbing and some of that stuff. But you know, but a, but a guy who comes in and he changes the way the game is played, as you know it, in a, at a particular time. Cross, and I, th- I think Bedard will do that too. And Bedard, Bedard certainly has Bedard certainly has that ability. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look just look at the raw numbers of what he did in years comparable to guys like McDavid, and it, it's frankly it's disgusting. <laughs> and he, look, he's got a lot to learn in the NHL, um, but he's going to be spectacular. Are they going to be able to put any pieces around them? They certainly haven't yet. <laughs> that team is horrific, uh, the Chicago team. Uh, let's wrap it up there, Bill. It'll be an interesting week. We'll see Nikita Kucherov coming up Tuesday. Uh, we'll see on Friday uh, the Washington Capitals, and we'll see Ovi. So we referenced a couple players. And Saturday it'll be the Ottawa Senators uh, and Claude Giroux back in Philadelphia as well. So important games to come. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see about the health of both Drysdale, Konechny, and uh, others. And uh, we'll see where this uh, goes as the the – as they say, uh, as like sands through the hourglass. These are the days of days our of Flyers' lives. lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rebuilds work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers' bolts on a brand new episode of Flyers' Daily.